Time for the morning brief, and joining me for it, Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator and founder of Money Gaps. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Are you at, at Wimbledon at the moment? Uh, I was yesterday, not ah. at the moment. <laughs> oh, okay. Was that fun? Uh, it was an experience. Um, they had this odd system where they kind of guarantee that anyone who wants to go to Wimbledon can go and get tickets same day. And to avoid scalpers, they have what's called the queue, which is a lineup, which is about four hours long to get access to the grounds. But it actually worked out really well because anyone who wants to go can go. And I'm not a huge tennis fan, but I thought, you know, I'm here. It's Wimbledon. Let's go check it out. And in spite of the long lines, it was a pretty cool experience. Okay, but when you say anybody who wants to go can go, um, they have the capacity to take in anybody. Like at some point, the seats are full. It's a very regimented process. It's been around for a long time. So you get in line as early as 5.30 in the morning and you're given a card with your number in the line. And my number was 5,460. And I Jeez. thought, there's no way I'm getting in. But people behind me were, were getting in as well. So they have tons of capacity because there are 18 courts. It's, you know, can be standing room only, but there's so many matches going on early on in the tournament that they have quite a capacity to take in people. Yeah. What happens when it comes down to the finals? Yeah, so this is interesting. So the grounds passes actually get cheaper towards the end of the tournament because there are fewer matches to see. But the show courts, which is like the center court, those prices go higher and higher. And I think your chances of getting in on the same day, I mean, you got to be lining up at 3.30 in the morning, which is I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, or you got to be somebody. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, they're or always... buy your tickets in advance. <laughs> okay, but I mean, they, you know, they're always showing these celebrities. You think those celebrities went at five thirty in the morning and stood in line? Uh, absolutely not. I think they take a helicopter in. They're escorted to their seat five minutes before the matches begin. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to ogle them. Yes, exactly. All right. So Preet Banerjee is with me. Ontario moving ahead with a plan to sell beer in corner stores. I, for one, welcome it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, listen, I know there's going to be opponents to, you know, increasing the access of alcohol, wondering if maybe people in convenience stores will be as strict as the LCBO or beer store in checking ages. But, you know, what? many places around the world allowed, even next door in Quebec, I mean, when I was in university, you would go to Quebec and you'd be awed by the fact that you could buy alcohol in a convenience store until whatever time it was, 10 o'clock at night or whatever. So I think really the issue is that deal that was in place gave so much distribution power that it's been roundly criticized for such a long time. So opening up the market, I think, is absolutely fine for competition. In the end, I don't think a lot is really going to change. I mean, access to alcohol is still pretty convenient with this deal in place or if they access access it through convenience stores. So I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think the people who are raising the alarm about how we're all going to just go to hell in a handbasket on this are worried, of course, about problem drinkers. But problem drinkers will get their alcohol. It's not like it is uh, completely unavailable or behind bars here in Ontario. Uh, I, I, I meant iron bars, not, uh, not yeah. the bars uh, <laughs> where, where you go. Uh, you know, I mean, it's available in regular grocery stores now, etc. It's it's just a, a convenience of shopping. People who want it are going to get it, but why make it more difficult? So uh, I'm going to talk to one of those people who's raising the alarm. That's John Atkinson. He's executive director of the Ontario Public Health Association at 720 this morning. Um, security patrols in the subway will cost taxpayers millions by September. Is that something we just have to do? 
I, I think so. I mean, like, listen, doing some napkin math, 50 guards costing $2.3 million is about $46,000 per guard. $2.3 million out of the overall operating budget. I don't know what that is as a percentage. It doesn't sound like a lot. And given the decrease of 36% in reported incidents, I think a lot of people would say, you know, that's a pretty good trade-off. And just by comparison's sake, you know, the TTC is pretty cheap to to take, you know, especially when a return fare, you don't have to pay for that second journey if if it's a short trip, you know, compared to other world-class cities around the world, for example, in London, it's about $10 Canadian to do a return trip. So it's still pretty cheap. I think comparatively speaking, you know, this extra cost doesn't sound like a lot. Okay, well, it's extra cheap because we extra subsidize, I think. People say, oh, no, we don't subsidize as much as other places. We heavily subsidize, and I think, you know, I'm every time I get on the TTC, I think about that. I mean, it's $3.30 or something. I, I tap on my card, and if on the way home uh, there's an errand I want to run that is uh, walkable from um, one of the stations, I get off at that station, I go do my errand, I get back on, I tap my card, and I notice that it says free transfer. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, I literally do kind of in my head go thank you taxpayers <laughs> yeah it's a screaming deal and as long as they keep on subsidizing especially these extra security costs i think a lot of people will say yeah that i'm all for that all right we're going to follow up on that one as well ttc chair and city councillor john burnside is going to join me at 705 this morning jerry yegar in for john moore and i'm with preet Banerjee here on the morning brief the grammys now will allow music with ai generated elements to compete for awards I, you like the music or you don't like the music that's the only thing i care about yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, I think their rules are going to evolve over time as it's still early days for how we think about the use of technology in various types of work, uh, specifically AI. But, you know, do you go back and strip performers of awards because of uh, auto-tuned? Because I think that would affect most people. <laughs> so, um, you know, going forward, I think the ultimate reward or awards are going to be in the form of profits because if ai driven music is going to get more people listening and buying songs that's all that's going to matter in the end yeah you know the auto-tune thing is interesting i think the first person to use it kind of cleverly in a song was share and nobody thinks share needed to be auto-tuned uh the, right. the lady can sing i mean she's amazing <laughs> uh and if it's being used to try prop up some pop princess or prince um then yeah that kind of bothers me but it, it's it's like any other kind of technology. When used cleverly, it's clever and it's cool. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot more AI-driven works. And I think the rules of the Grammys are going to be shifting over time. And I think where the real interesting fights are going to be is with the copyright lawyers. Because right now, they're having a field day going after any company using AI to generate anything. Because those works are based on being trained on works that are subject to copyright. And they're trying to figure out, well, who owns the profits off of these derivative works? So, you know, the rules of the Grammys, interesting side story, but the real story is going to be, you know, in the in the battle court of law. Asylum seekers left to sleep outdoors amid a funding fight between the city and the feds. The feds really need to step up here because they have brought people in. Uh, some of them uh, shouldn't be in this country. They came across Roxham Road. Some of them are refugees who came into the country legitimately, and you can be as supportive of the refugee program as you could be. I am, but that doesn't mean that the federal government gets to say, we're bringing these people in, sending them to Toronto, and telling Toronto, good luck. 
Yeah, I'm 100% with you on this one. I know there's a long-standing battle between who pays for it and, and who has the responsibility, but ultimately I do think it's the feds that need to step in until they figure out that long-term solution. People don't say, you know, I'm going to go to Toronto. They say, I'm coming to Canada. And it's the federal government that allows people in through the borders or has that responsibility. So until they can fix it and, and you know, avoid focusing on who is going to take responsibility. The feds need to step in until they sort all that stuff out. Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator, the founder of Money Gaps. Good to have you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jerry.